Welcome to Liberty Tech on Tap, where we talk and you tap in. If you're at a place where you can kick back and relax, pause this, grab a cold one. We promise we'll be here right when you get back. So the best part about having the computer to record a podcast is not telling any of the people that are on the podcast that I've hit record and the episode has started. Oh. Jackass. <laughs> no, I'm actually recording right oh. now. Uh-huh. Well, so you're, but you're not going to put that in, right? I don't know. We'll have to uh, see. Why are you like this? How are you guys doing Why? <laughs> hey, Joe. How's it going? What's our topic today? Anyone remember? Cybersecurity <laughs> outage. How confident are you? I don't know, Joe. How confident are you? So we're just looking. We were just talking about average cost of outage. So if your business was to go down, what would be the average cost? Gartner estimates fifty-six hundred dollars per minute, one hundred forty thousand to five hundred forty thousand dollars an hour. And small to medium-sized businesses, on average, spend one hundred seventeen thousand dollars to recover from a cyber attack. So we have Emily on the podcast. I think you remember her from the last episode. Yes. Then we have a new guest, Ben. The man, the myth, the legend. Hello. <laughs> so, Ben, tell us about, uh, real quick, who you are, Liberty Technology. I mean, you're the pretty much the face, right? Um, I don't know if I'm the face, and, and I don't know if I'm the voice either, but um, I'm Ben Johnson, um, founder, CEO of Liberty Technology. Um, yeah, so um, I've actually like, literally had janitor on my door here in the building at one point so in a lot, a lot of days i kind of clean up messes um uh, spend a lot of my time doing that so you know when we talk about um you know if you're attacked or an it outage or um you know any of these things that can negatively affect your business due to technology um you know we very proud here that we we eat our own dog food and we we use all the things that we sell and um so you know we we also um corny to say but we we um uh stay on the the bleeding edge so our clients can stay on the cutting edge and use technology strategically so um uh, yeah most of the most of the things that we help our clients through during tough times we've actually been through them ourselves and that's how we've um you know learned how to um help deal with instant response to crypto attacks to you know restoring um uh, collaboration systems or um, entire you know data centers um, from scratch um, in a very rapid period to get people back up and running um, regardless if it was a tornado fire um, uh, terrorists nation state actor whatever aliens you know probably coming up next you know yeah. I, I keep joking <laughs> about that but then it's always aliens but then you know then, then you know we've got um we've got aliens on you know tv or ufos at least <laughs> so we were talking last episode about uh emily and what an sbr is right that's right and one of the things we do is look at your security policy mm-hmm. so yep. that's one of the advantages right it is yeah so Uh, And the road mapping process of uh, what the CX team does is we, because it is one of the most crucial factors is keeping all security up to date, is we have a security audit annually. That doesn't mean that 
there's any less um, eyes on anything any other time. But we make it a point to prioritize that yearly and make sure that we're offering every single thing to every client. Not just yearly, too, because me and Ben were just talking about White House, right? What they just came out with. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so security is not a destination. It's a journey that everybody's on all the time. Yep. And um, it's one also that has many, many crossroads and many forks in the road. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it used to be that we had to be worried about the, the, um, the script kitty in the basement running things to, you know, crypto someone's QuickBooks file or, you know, still somebody's, you know, checking account number. And then it, then it escalated, you know, as, as really technology has escalated into, well, then it becomes like your entire network gets held for ransom. And then people started taking backup and disaster recovery really seriously. And then the bad guy started, you know, destroying your backups and, um, getting through to that. And, um, then people were like, Oh, we're just not going to pay anyway. Um, we're just going to rebuild. But of course, you know, in those cases, like, uh, more often than not, those companies just go out of business. Um, and so, you know, most recently, um, you know, they've not only destroyed your backups before they've let you know that they've cryptoed you before they crypto you and they let you know that. They've also exfiltrated all of your data so that they can then, you know, if you have HIPAA or FINRA or really, you know, any sort of business relationships with anyone, you probably have um, PCI data, you know, credit card numbers, or even just personally identifiable information. Whether you're regulated or not, people can sue the pants off of you if that gets released. So they're, you know, using that to blackmail you into paying the ransoms. And, um, you know, people would not believe the percentage of ransoms that get paid um, versus the ones that, that don't. And um, it wouldn't do anybody any good for me to state any of these percentages, but they are <laughs> way higher than anybody thinks. Um, because, you know, this is why it keeps happening. Um, and so the newest thing is, you know, we're uh, apparently in some sort of proxy war, you know, with Russia through Ukraine or something is going on over there. We're not really sure what, but we keep sending money. And um, um, I think Biden was presented with some options for um, doing some sort of cyber attacks. Nobody knows if he actually took them or not. But, um, you know, news came out shortly after that, that Russia's cyber attack in the Ukraine and hey, we need to um, watch out about critical infrastructure, fuel delivery. I mean, we had the Colonial Pipeline thing that happened uh, six, eight months ago that um, you know crippled um, fuel delivery for six or eight weeks before they were able to actually get back up and running. And um, you know, I don't know how much more critical you can get than that. You obviously can get a lot more critical, like nuclear or. Um, healthcare, et cetera, but um, CISA, which is um, the critical infrastructure um, uh, IT component of the federal government, um, came out with the Shields Up guidance, and the White House um, also parroted that out um, about a month ago now. Um, and you know, their, their kind of overall messaging was like, hey, that's 
all of us folks in the federal government, we got our stuff under control, but there's this long laundry list of things that all of you small, small to mid-sized businesses, like you're kind of on your own to do. And um, fortunately, you know, the technology portions of it, um, Liberty's already, you know, already actually delivering the vast majority of the things on that checklist or we're in the process of getting our clients to um, to agree to do these things. Um, you know, security, the most secure system is a black box that's completely useless with no inputs and outputs, no value. So there's always this trade-off or this balance between secure and um, usable and um, being able to provide value. So, um, and then there's also the cost component of it. So um, we've been really over the past five or six, seven years, have been on a very aggressive tear to um, stay ahead of the script kitties, the the crypto mafia, and now nation state actors. Um, you know, to stay ahead of all these bad guys with providing our clients with technology solutions to stay technologically ahead. But what's really coming out now is that, um, and, and it's been underlining the whole time. Um, when we had, you know, an, um, a computer repair shop and we're doing, um, you know, um, malware removal, you know, 10 years ago, you know, I used to joke and say, well, you know, we can install antivirus or anti-malware, but there's nothing really that can reach out of the screen and keep, you know, your mom yeah. from clicking on yes. <laughs> and, um, you know, after a while, um, some things like DNS filtering. Um, that actually prevents the thing from even coming up to begin with. So that actually prevents them from having the thing being presented to click on yes. So, um, you know, we've been able to stay ahead, but it's very much like an arms race um, and, and very much like a, a Cold War atmosphere that we're in. But, you know, now instead of nuclear deterrence, it's, it's cyber deterrence. And um, it appears that, you know, the Cold War, the, the cyber Cold War has gone hot at this point. So if you're, if you're following, let's say, the White House recommendations or if you're following Liberty Technologies, like, complete stack, right? So we talk about multi-factor authentication, which that's on our thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we go through that. That's the first thing they say. And hopefully your business is using that. <laughs> but um, backing up your data. So would somebody, like... Would you pay a ransomware attack if your data was backed up? I think that might be one of the big issues, right? Like, if they don't know where their data is backed up and they can't spin it up quickly and get their business back in back in business, right? Why would you pay a ransomware attack? Yeah, I mean, so so cost of downtime is huge. Um, so in a lot of cases, um, even when people have things backed up. Um, they're not testing their restores. They may have it backed up to the cloud. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, when we come in after other, other companies um, and, and even our legacy clients, you know, a lot of people really misunderstand what backup and disaster recovery versus business continuity are. And um, a lot of people think that they have business continuity and they really just have backup and maybe they just have, you know, backup to the cloud. And, you know, if you've got a lot of data, if you have more than one server, if you, even if you have just one server and things are backed up to a cloud service, 
only, you know, it could take weeks or months, maybe, um, in some terrible cases, to really actually get things restored and get your data back. So the cost of downtime far exceeds the cost of just paying the ransom. And um, that's when, you know, your insurance companies are probably just going to do a, a risk, you know, calculation and just probably pay the ransom. Um, you know, in, in other cases, more recently, you know, even if you can restore very, very quickly and get the client up and running, um, you know, the bad guys have already exfiltrated data and they will prove that to um, the, the target and with, you know, samples of said data. And, um, you know, even if it's not PCI, so credit card numbers or HIPAA, which is, you know, um, personal, uh, personal health information that has hefty, hefty fines per individual number or account um, that these people, these organizations will be fined for, um, even if it's just PII or just contacts, you know, you don't really want them publishing, these groups publishing that data. Um, because, you know, it would be a, a PR nightmare. And um, so it's a harsh degree of having to trust um, trust the bad guys to not publish the stuff. But very much like, um, you know, some of the um, uh, rougher tourist destinations, you know, they don't really have high rates of murder because, you know, they wouldn't be able to pick pockets if they were famous for killing people. So, sure. you know, it's kind of it's kind of a situation like that where there still seems to be some honor among the thieves in terms of them um, not trying to continue to extort money. Um, but, you know, that seems to be the progression next is that they would try to make it into a recurring revenue scheme. Everybody loves recurring revenue. Yep. Um, so, and that would definitely be an opportunity because there's nothing to prevent them from trying to extort money for somebody twice. Um, you know, best case scenario is we stop rewarding these, these bad guys for, um, for, for doing bad things. But, you know, the reality is that, um, in many, many cases, it's less expensive for insurance companies, but particularly for the small businesses that would just go out of business um you know to just um to just pay the ransoms so uh, one other thing worth mentioning is that you know the the amount of ransoms has like went up probably by a factor of 10 so you know back in 2014 2013 um you know it might have been you know $600 worth of bitcoin um but of course um that $600 worth of bitcoin is worth a lot yeah, more today <laughs> So maybe it's increased. Uh, that's a whole different conversation there. But um, you know, we're seeing you know uh, six, seven, eight-figure ransoms, and um, we're seeing a lot of them get, getting paid. And um, and then even even after you get the data decrypted, you know, things don't just automatically just just flip back on to work. There's an entire incident response um, team, which we've we've done a lot of that work in the past. Um, we've also worked alongside, and um, there's even a business. There's even a business and a need um, to be able to get that much cryptocurrency that fast. Um, that many actual very large insurance companies they can't buy that much crypto that fast because there's actually limits on how much someone can buy. Even if you're like a bank, like you can't just buy sixty million dollars of Bitcoin in a day. 
Like, so you've got to go find somebody that has $60 million worth of Bitcoin in the wallet. And there's actually, you know, they're not really loan sharking. It's very fair rates, but there's actually a business of loaning people Bitcoin to pay ransom um, that is happening in the background here. So um, lots of really um, uh, not healthy, but kind of interesting economic kind of things going on in the background here around this stuff but um you know going to today um you know we're now worried that uh you know supply chain attacks the solar winds thing that happened you know that was deployed into thousands tens of thousands of federal state local um critical infrastructure you know it's like literally what was being used to monitor critical infrastructure and it was completely you know compromised and it was that way for who knows how long uh, over a year at least and um before that was ferreted out and you know now um you know there's you know this concept of um you know there being you know like literal nation states um for example russia 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 or China acting as Russia or Russia acting as China or um, even even some folks on on this side of the, the ocean, you know, maybe maybe acting, you know, um, uh, being bad actors and taking advantage of situations to to um, to knock stuff out. So, um, you know, the states could not be higher right now. And, um, you know, by not. Um, taking an active role in making sure that you're doing the things for your organization um, and taking an active interest in um, being vigilant about cybersecurity is just being completely negligent. And even if you're, you have the attitude of, well, I don't have anything anybody would want, that doesn't even really hold up anymore because you probably know someone with a lot of money or with critical resources and you probably have a business relationship with those with those people or you're related to one of those people so even protecting you know your resources in your own house um you know when and the whole work from home thing and covid and and the shift of workforces to extend your network perimeter out to people's houses have have done nothing more but just increase that attack surface for for the bad guys and open up more doors and um, cause companies to need to spend even more money and even more effort on on cybersecurity platforms and, and new technologies around zero trust and um, um, uh, things that don't just automatically allow people to just get in. You know, we were just talking about that on the last episode, right? How like I was impressed how quickly liberty could f- switch from work to home work from home right, right? right and all the things like he's talking about ben is like all the complexities that creates and all the security issues that creates so yep. i was reading that possibly the work from home has is the reason ransomware attacks has increased so much you know and you can't you know if you let's say you have an internal it team of two to three people they can get your network running they can get your users and their computers but how would you expect them to manage all these different people working from home and what networks are connected to and what they're running on their maybe personal computers doesn't even have to be you know the company computers mm-hmm. 
So how do you being success, right? How do you monitor that stuff? Like what are the, some of the things that you can bring to the table with like looking at those things? Uh, that's a great question, Joe. Um, <laughs> so, so is your question more so, you know? So we pull like what they have in their infrastructure, right? Yes. And we bring that to them and show them like, hey, you have this person using this computer yeah. that's this old and needs to be replaced and I'm, all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of uh, so in the strategic business review when we would go over the data like that, unless it's requested out of the blue from someone which we are always more than happy to discuss um, typically in that scenario it, it's it's a bin and our Charles or a bit our actual bin and and the sea level of a company and they're um, we're, we're seeing them down and we're showing them things such as like an asset list that will show this is how old this is what's what's the risk of having something on your network that's this old Right? Does it? It it's ninety percent, a hundred percent, not a, what we would call acceptable. Yeah. <laughs> we don't love that um, because that just opposes so many risks to your users and to your all of your information. Um, but we basically take all of that data and we showcase it in a way where it's we're not trying to sit here and sell you a solution. Um, we're not just saying, oh, look at this magnificent quote, you know. Selling it's, for the sake of selling. We're yes. not doing. Um, this is like a way to say that this minimizes all of these risks that you have. And this is like our, I guess, uh, what would you call it? Like our standard, right? Yeah. And so getting people up to that standard is, is part of the strategic business reviews because this is our avenue of staying strategic and making sure that everyone's on the same boat and in the same river and we're all chugging along and we're all up to date so we take that information and it's the asset list in the asset list we do like i said we have age if it's users, out of date it, right. it's huh users logging in users it's we've got so the asset list the user list and then the assets like who's logging into the assets we can pull anything from like when's who, the last when's time, the last time they logged in last time they've been logged yeah in. all that good stuff um and that isn't the i don't want to call it the selling point i want to call that the risk point all of these things that you're looking at right now don't set you up for success they set you up for failure and it's and and we like to say here at liberty it's not if but when sadly but when you're not doing anything proactively then you're not doing anything to prevent the bad guys from doing anything so anyways um I don't even think that's fun, right? That's like the no. truth. So yeah. So so sell, selling based off of, of fear, uncertainty, and doubt is is, is is horrid. But yeah, um, there is a massive amount of fear, uncertainty, and doubt out there. Exactly. And you know the goalpost of what security is, as I said, it's a you know it's not a destination; it's a journey. Um, we're on it with everybody else. You know, securing our own house is part of is part of that journey. But um, you know the what has came up you know we uh, you know like you know how, 
How many ransomware claims are actually paid by insurance? Not going to say, but you know, a lot of them. Um, but that's changing, and the the risk is being shifted down to end customers because there's only so much risk that can be transferred away from someone's own organization. I mean, you know, C-levels have a fiduciary duty to do lots of things, like the definition of fiduciary, <laughs> right? But, um, you know, securing, you know, being responsible for um, uh, putting into place and enforcing or making sure that um, sensible um, IT security policies, um, acceptable use policies, HR policies, all of these things are in place within your organization um, are things that, you know, we can help with um, and we can provide templates and we can work through, but we can't make your employees, you know, do those things. Mm-hmm. And um, we can help train them. We can help inform them, but, you know, we can't go and discipline them or whatever because, like, you know, they're our clients' employees. They're not our employees. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, there there's this concept of risk transference that, um, you know, is becoming more of, um, you know, more, it's becoming a larger portion of, um, a larger portion of risk is now being retained by end clients, regardless of what any contracts say, because of the amount of money insurance companies are paying out for ransomware attacks. Um, very much like credit card fraud or, or you know, in, in the banking industry, um, you know, it used to be that, like, you know, um, if somebody stole your debit card or whatever, like, it was free replacement and, you know, um, you're not out any money at all. But, um, you know, now, um, you know, some of those things are even getting pushed down to there's just more and more responsibility being pushed down to the consumer and end user level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, with the end user um, portion of it, that's a lot of times um, our our CX team uh, because we work hand in hand with our users and we're the escalation point and we're your uh, we're your inside man. Um, so we a lot of times try to uh, promote. I would. I guess promotes the right word, but more so showcase the value in what our security platforms have. So you brought up the other, actually, I believe it was yesterday, um, ways to make it uh, almost fun, (laughs) Uh, uh, importing knowledge onto your, uh, into your end user and, um, and, and ways that we like to do that are brainstorm together, um, how we can make it fun. So, um, actually, uh, yesterday, uh, Ben, I believe you mentioned doing some sort of like award for people who are really taking it seriously and, and make it a competition, like who can be the most secure user and things like that. It's, it's our pleasure, honestly, to sit there and, um, showcase our, uh, platforms that we have to our users and make it fun for them. So that's something that we're, I know I'm excited to look forward to and pr- um, probably help come up with the ideas for uh, to do that and be able to award people for actually showing up for their company in a way that 
we can really help each other stay secure because it's if you've got a whole team of people who are actively um, doing the trainings and they're doing all those good things like even I took it upon myself one day I was just like you know what we've I am going to see how high I can get my score and I'm just going to keep going until you know taking these watching the videos listening to the videos taking the quizzes and doing anything things that I think that I know there is always going to be something in that video that I didn't know and so if I don't sit there and even take it myself you know I'm not uh, I'm not empowering myself either so I um, I found it really fun one day I was just like yeah I'm gonna see how high I can get my score yeah. and I, I kept going I kept going and I kept seeing like what the company average was and I was like I'm gonna beat it and so I was like seeing how many points ahead I could get um, so that's that's something that we're I know we're thinking about on our side how so, to so award def- our people so, yeah so definitely definitely carrots instead of sticks I mean um, that being said um, it really depends on company culture because in the past um, particularly like um, we do we do quarterly or on demand or monthly or even weekly for some clients um, you know email phishing tests and yep. um, you know a lot of them are really devious and sneaky and <laughs> um, almost completely unfair and we can really target them Joe and, sounds um, like he's a, yeah, he's a little so, salty um, about that <laughs> yeah um, when when we first started rolling them out internally like um, you know the the only department that actually completely fell for all of it was the the, the marketing department and at the oh, time God. that was the department that was was responsible for sending them out <laughs> so um so you know um peer pressure you know and and um you know is kind of the peer pressure or pointing out people that failed those yeah. tests is yeah. kind of the the stick but yeah we're looking we're looking for ways to to um, you know, offer carrots, I suppose, to yeah, to our in, in individual end clients as well as um, the organizations that we serve to um, take an active role in taking cybersecurity seriously at a personal level, um, because you know we 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 map all of our solutions to the NIST cybersecurity framework, and you know with within that framework, there's um, you know three parts and only one of the parts is actually the technology part which is what we deliver and what we have complete control of there's also physical controls as well as you know people controls people and policies and um, you know we can help companies write policies but again at the end of the day if you know a business owner or manager you know is not going to hold their people accountable um, that's a problem and um, you know, a way around that is by, you know, gamifying security and making it into something that's competitive. And that's a, a much more positive way of doing it versus, um, you know, having a wall of shame or a, a box of shame <laughs> that, you know, you, you, you hang hang the, the sucker of the month on. So, oh, man, that's um, tough. You know, so, yeah, so we're, um, I think we're, we're going to start doing some, some signed, framed, um, wrestling belt yeah uh, maybe wrestling belt trophies. Joe said wrestling belt yeah I don't know we'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out but I like um one. I used to I used when you used to have to make mistakes I used to have to wear as we, we call it the motherboard of shame we'd put it around <laughs> our neck and we'd be standing in front of clients trying to help them with a motherboard around our neck that had a spinning heat sink <laughs> and everything and they just look at us like we were 
out of our mind. But we don't do that here, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you know that 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 would be one heck of a motivator <laughs> right. to you know to worse than like a hair shirt, I suppose. So. <laughs> well, well I'll say this: um, we had um, one of our one of my f- former coworkers. He had a he had like a hat, and it would say. Um, I think it was failure, something about failure to put like a configuration on a ticket or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so internally we were like, he he had this app and it would go shame, shame, shame. Yeah. And then he would come out and he would place, just place the hat on, on the technician or even it could be me or um, Priscilla, could be anybody. And um, he just would, you know, just so casually just throw that little hat on them. And I thought that was really funny. Um, that's a way to, you know, shame people. But if we're trying to gamify it and not shameify it, did you see what I did there? I did. Um, yeah. So that's super fun. I love games. I'm a little bit competitive. You can't see me right Doesn't now. Sound like I'm it. a small person. Doesn't sound like it. But I take games very seriously. And if I know our clients, like I think I know our clients, this is something that could actually be really efficient because you got to think like the relationships that I, that we have it in our um, company is um, obviously professional, but there's a side of it that's hilarious and fun. And that's what, you know, makes the day to day fun. So like I'll pick on Joe or whatever. And so that, that would be something extremely fun. And, but also, you know, it's like Ben said, putting it in a positive light because it's, it can be a very negative subject, but if we're not doing anything positive about it, then we can't really complain. So let's, Well, it's not even like pointing a finger that you messed up. It's more of a, you know, your team's as good as the weakest link. So it's like, hey, we're all supporting each other and we're learning from our own mistakes. And if your company has that culture, especially with cybersecurity and people are having fun. So we we offer a platform that we we send people weekly training, a yearly training, um, short videos, all different sorts of things like that. You know, if you have people bought into that, it makes it more fun. And you as a business owner. Yep. You, know, you don't have to worry about the millions of emails that are hitting your inboxes in a week. You have people like us who are monitoring those things and training people to look for things because the FedEx trick email only comes <laughs> in when you're waiting for a FedEx package. I swear. Like it's, it's always. And, and then, then you tell Charles that it was delayed. Yeah. yeah. Your FedEx package has been delayed. Click here for. Yeah. We need to do that one. We need to send oh my that gosh, one to yes. him. Um, no, I mean, so so we used to use a platform that, that you know, had a massive amount of training and, um, you know, it just gave kind of individual scores but it didn't really it didn't really do any sort of internal ranking and also didn't rank our the organizations that we serve against one another and um, the platform that we use now actually gives us that ability and actually gives um, individual scores that they can track so that's what's actually kind of um, allowed us to be able to flip that over and took it from a to take it from a shamification to gamification yeah. mm-hmm. Um, modality, which um, is, I think, I think great. Um, and you know, from the stand, from our standpoint, um, as well as at you know each end user's organization standpoint, again, insurance companies are, you know, are all looking to limit their exposure. And you know, several years ago, you know, if if they sent you a checklist, you know, you might be able to fudge a little bit and still get something covered, but you know, now as well as in the future, you know, uh, they may pay the ransom, but they may come back after you, you know, six months later or a month later and say, well, 
you didn't do all these things that you said you were doing. Um, so, you know, you owe us money. And, um, so you can't really fudge on any of those, um, insurance docs anymore. And you need to make sure you reach out to your IT service provider and, and, and make sure that if you do have policies that your people are following those policies, if you do have these platforms that your insurance companies asking if you have that they actually are deployed that they're monitored and that they're actually configured properly and um, those are those are all things again that we look at strategically generally about once a year um, and um, track quarterly but we're monitoring you know all the time yeah and and I think as your MSP what what did you say we were MPP. MPP. I am so sorry. Um, Is that's where it's less daunting on you to have someone like Liberty is to help drive the adoption and make sure that you are using it. That way that's not in question. Um, The last thing you want, I'm sure, is the CEO of your company or honestly, even even someone who's um, an employee or maybe you're thinking like, does my company even do this? And and you're sitting there questioning it. And uh, that's a way to not have that worry um, that we're, it's adopted and that's where your CX team also, <laughs> little plug there, um, that's why we're important is because we can help that and and things like that. Um, I know I love uh, being able to help people um, even though I'm not on, a, on the help desk technically. I technically that was funny because technicians are on help desk anyways just dropping them over i I just am i'm on a roll um that's part of my personality sorry guys um you'll grow to love it the more you listen um but yeah even though i'm not uh technically on the help desk i did it again and i thought about it again anyways moving on uh i i love to sit there and and help people figure things out um it's my pleasure to do that so that's why it's important that you have people to do that for you yeah so with you so, I say so a lot. <laughs> there used to be a drinking game around here. <laughs> when um, when we look at you know other companies, you know invoices. Um, sometimes we get we get those sent over. Um, sometimes you know our clients send over our invoices to other, to other people, right? So, um, you know everybody's having to earn their keep. Um, uh, as one of my peers has said, we all have to justify our existence every day and that's why um, um, customer experience and customer success and adoption and actually getting actually seeing value and actually using the things that we provide um, is a huge is you know a huge part of the value that we provide um, but also you know having a good understanding of, of, of what you're actually getting um, you know and and that's where like I've Saw an invoice this week that, you know, I saw three or four different security offerings and like I couldn't even understand how they fit together or would even work or complement one another. So, you know, if you're if you're getting invoices from us or from any other MSP, MPP, ITSP, any other acronym <laughs> to do with, with technology services and, you know, you're kind of wondering like, well, you know, what actually what actual value am I getting out of? you know out of this these these line items um that's somewhere that you know you can send it to us and i'll look at it at no charge and tell you like yeah you're getting value out of this or or you know no these things are redundant or maybe even conflicting or overlapping or you know you're paying double or triple what you should be paying and um 
you know, that's something that, that, you know, I'll do personally at no charge for anybody, um, all day long. Um, and I mean, you know, that's a huge problem in our industry that, um, you know, we, um, lots of our peers keep adding on platforms to fix problems and it just keeps, you know, adding the bill up. Um, as Emily was saying earlier, you know, so selling and, and Joe too, selling for FUD and selling security, like I would much rather be selling people things that, you know, are not just decreasing a negative or not, not reducing a risk and maybe preventing something bad from happening. I would much rather be selling people technology that actually helps the humans that they serve have better lives. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, and, and we do a lot of that. We do a lot more of that than than security. But, you know, those are the things that, um, um, you know, unfortunately these days we're having to focus a lot more on, you know, these risk factors versus, um, uh, versus things that actually help clients add value. So, um, you know, we... I think um, a lot of small to mid-sized businesses have, um, you know, have a long way to go to to catch up with the bad guys right now. And at this point, the bad guys are, well, I mean, how, how does the average small business compete against, you know, the resources of an entire, entire country's intelligence agency? You know, we can help with that. We can actually put you on equal footing. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, the cost and the time and also the amount of um, vigilance and rigor and um, all those words in terms of um, making sure that, you know, that you're not the biggest target. That's um, it, it takes a lot of time and it takes time away from from, you know, a business owner or, or your employees from serving your clients. I, I used to used to kind of joke about um security as far as like the old saying about like how do you outrun a bear right you, you just don't be the slowest person mm-hmm. and now it's not it's not even in a funny bear russia right um now it's not even like it's not even a bear that you're running from it's like uh you know it's like a pack of wolves or you know um it's a um, you know, a, a very selective predatory animal that's coming after the people in the middle of the pack or the fattest, you know, the fattest gazelle and taking it down. It's, you know, like a pride of lions yeah. now coming after the, the fattest, juiciest, um, <laughs> you know. Um, got to separate them from the pack. Yeah, that's yeah, how you get yeah in the middle. And, and um, you know, it's not necessarily the the – the folks that are that are the the laggers that are getting hit now is this actually being they're actually taking a lot of time and staying inside your network for a long period of time and actually targeting these folks that they can get those 10x ransoms out of that they know they'll pay and they know that they have money to pay how do they know because they're already in your bank account yeah they're already watching yep yep so, so you heard a CEO of a company offer <laughs> free advice to look at your to look at what you're being offered. So Ben, I'm interested. I'm driving my car and I, I want I want some questions answered. Where would I go? Um, uh, Get in contact with you. Yeah. So Ben Ben at LibertyTech.net. You can send me invoices. Blank out the prices. Um, I'll look at anything and send you back free advice. Um, I think that's a great offer. Yeah, um, I agree. I, you know, I know I normally I normally charge ten thousand dollars for that. So yeah, 
Um, for anybody listening, you know, limited time offer. Putting <laughs> um, it on sale. But um, yeah, so for our our introductory limited time only plan, yeah. um, it's coming out of Emily's commission. There you go. <laughs> Not fair. I didn't agree. So yeah, that was good stuff. So the best yeah. part, the best part of the episode. Or would you rather? Oh yes. I didn't tell oh, you yes. this time what it's going to be. No, you didn't. So you actually have to get. I'm going to get a good reaction. I I read this one and I was week? dying. I still can't decide. Oh my gosh. Would you rather every song you listen to slowly turn into All Star by Smash Mouth <laughs> or every movie you watch slowly turn into Shrek? Wait, so a question about the movie, do 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 they do the people turn into Shrek like people and it the well, the uh, the writing stays the same or is it a complete Shrek movie that I will be watching? It's a complete Shrek movie. It slowly turns into a complete Shrek movie. You never answer these questions the way that I want you to fail. F. You failed. Um, uh, Eddie Murphy and, and Mike Myers over <laughs> Smash Mouth all day long. I mean, you know, regardless of the animation and the greenness. But you're watching like The Godfather or Terminator and all of a sudden it turns into Shrek like... Yeah, I don't I mean, know. I mean, I mean, you know, I would, I would rather like maybe Austin Powers. That might be, you know, I could take that. Um, um, I'm very passionate about both subjects here, and this is a uh, very conflicting. And I'm an indecisive individual, so I don't know why I ever agreed to. Would you, you rather know what All Star by Smash, Smash Mouth is? Yes, sir, I do. Play that? Yes, I, I know what it is. Then we get, cop- then we we get, get copyright. copyright. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Copyright Look, um, I've been winning all kinds of fair use things on Facebook lately. <laughs> I've been like fair use parody. We'll have to test it. It's actually working pretty well these days. It didn't work at all like a year ago. So I don't know. I'm gonna say the song thing. You're gonna say the how song. How much? How much of the song do I get? The original song. What do you have against screen people? I mean, for real. I, I don't discriminate. But or, or what, what is Shrek? Is he a troll or I am? He's an ogre. Ogre, ogre. Yeah, ogre. What do you ogre. have against ogres? I have nothing against <laughs> ogres. It's just I enjoy a good movie, man. I don't think I'd ever be able to listen to music if every song I turned into Smash Mouth. But, so I think. But Joe, would... at what point? Yeah, I love I love music too much. At the bridge. No, I get a good verse, a chorus, another no. verse. I mean, a like if like if Girl Talk did it, it would probably be good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's it. I'll go with the music. Speaking of fair use. Yeah. <laughs> well, until next time, guys, thank you so much for joining us. You know where to find us. Hit like, subscribe. You'll hear a nice, great message from Emily that sounds much better than me. So until <laughs> next time. See ya. See ya. Peace out. Thank you for listening to Liberty Tech on Tap. Don't forget to subscribe in your podcast engine of choice. Drop us a five-star rating and leave comments suggesting topics for us to talk about. Or just let us know what you thought of this episode. Until next time, we're tapping out.